Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is Sunday. It's 15 July. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. We've got uh, somebody visiting today. Never been here before. Scott Dewey from right up the road in Clearwater, you said. Is that right? Yes. So much appreciate you being here, sir. It's wonderful. And I also have, uh, I might as well announce it right now. I took a picture of him already, so I'll get him on the update. As we got Jay here who had a birthday. And uh, uh, so <laughs> I love embarrassing this guy. He comes in and he always wears a Panama hat and he wears these beautiful clothes. And, and uh, so he's, he's always uh, cheering everybody up. I thought I'd cheer him up today with a happy birthday wish. There you go. Let's see here. We have um, first category, as always, Israel. Let's see here from Ynet. We have, this is interesting. Can anybody tell me what countries of the planet have gone to the moon so far? Anybody? USA? Anybody else? Russia? Any other? Actually, the Soviet Union. It wasn't really Russia. And then there's one more. It's a biggie. China? China. Yeah, those three. So, Israel. Spacecraft to be launched to the moon. We're going to see if they make it. They'll be the fourth country. That little itty-bitty country will be the fourth to uh, make it to the moon. Uh, they announced this this past Tuesday. The company intends to launch a spacecraft to the flat moon disk. Uh, I'm picking on the flat earthers. Um, on a SpaceX rocket in December of 2018. A month earlier, the spacecraft, which is being built by Israel Aerospace Industries, will be transferred to the United States. The overall cost of the project is estimated to be around $95 million. And I do believe that's taking off from Kennedy Space Center or Cape Canaveral, whatever they call it over there nowadays. And uh, so if so, we'll be able to watch it take off right from our backyard. Yeah, bring your, uh, bring your uh, cookies and Coke and we'll sit in the backyard and watch it take off. Let's see here from Haaretz. For the first time, an Israeli will head the UN Human Rights Committee. Wow, is this long overdue. An Israeli law professor has been chosen to head the UNHRC, a body of independent experts that monitors the implementation of a rights pact by member states. Yuval Shaney, the Israel Democracy Institute's vice president of research, and the Hirsch Lauterpacht chair in public international law at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem is the first Israeli to head the committee on which he has served since 2013. So good job, Israel. And then we have uh, kind of an interesting article. Once again, I've been kind of highlighting these over the past few uh, uh, years, two years or so. And here's another really good one from I24. Saudi journalist. This is a Saudi journalist writing in a Saudi paper backs Israeli embassy in Riyadh. Now, imagine him actually saying this in Saudi Arabia and not being, you know, taken out and shot or something. Now they're actually moving towards this. Saudi Arabian journalist Daham al-NZ has expressed support for the opening of an Israeli embassy in Riyadh, as well as normalization of ties with the Jewish state within the framework of a Saudi Mideast peace initiative led by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. We would be very happy to see an Israeli embassy in Riyadh and a Saudi embassy in the capital of Israel, West Jerusalem. Okay, well, we'll just call it Jerusalem and they'll get their uh, facts straight eventually. But Al Enzi wrote in an article for Al Khalij, adding that he had hoped this would have happened several years ago. 
Since U.S. President Trump's controversial move to relocate the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the contested status of the holy city has been thrown into the international stage. Good job, Trump, for doing that. Saudis are peacemakers, he wrote. We do not have any hostility or hatred towards the Israel people. He said he would be honored and happy to be Saudi Arabia's first ambassador to Israel. So he's plugging for his own job. (laughs) Saudi Arabia has been the main sponsor of the Arab Peace Initiative, which envisions a two-state solution to the Israeli-Fakistinian conflict and calls for normalizing relations between Arab states and the Jewish state. The proposal was both re-endorsed at the 2007 Arab League Summit and again in 2017. And here's a quote here. Saudi Arabia believes that a just and comprehensive peace is a strategic option through international legitimacy and that true peace will break down nationalistic orders and expose the lies of extremist groups and criminal Islamic movements that practice terrorism. Who do you think he's talking about there? Or Iran, of course. Now, NZ said, accusing groups including Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, and Daesh, ISIS, as promoting deceitful rhetoric. In particular, he condemns West Bank based Fatah and Gaza-based Hamas for prolonging the Fakistinian conflict, stating that they do not want to see real peace. Now imagine, this is a Muslim saying this. He's agreeing that Israel is in the right here because they benefit from this struggle. And that's quite evident that they do benefit from the struggle. Saudi Arabia and Israel have no formal diplomatic relations, but Behind the scenes, their ties appear to have improved in recent years against what they see as a common Iranian threat. Al-NZ touches on the matter of the common enemy and the danger of the Persian project, to which he adds, we need allies like Israel to confront the enemy. So you can see whether you agree with Saudi Arabia, whether you agree with Israel or not, any of those issues You see how the nations are lining up the way that Gog, Magog, Ezekiel 38 said that they would. That those nations that are not mentioned or specifically mentioned as not coming against Israel are aligning with Israel. So the Lord has a plan. He has given us that plan in writing from 2,800 years ago, and it is lining up exactly. I've said this before. I'm not a speculator on dates and stuff. It could be today that the Lord comes, or it could be another hundred years. Some of these coalitions could fall apart, and there could be some delays, and that's the Lord's choice. You know, he. I'm not going to try to preempt him, but I would say that because Israel's back in the land, because Jerusalem belongs uh, in the land, and it belongs to Israel at this time, we're probably really close to the uh, end scenario that the Lord is has determined there may be something that we're all missing as was the case when Christ came, right? Everybody missed it until he was hanging on the cross and people started saying, you know, something's going on here. He came out of the grave and in Acts chapter two, people realized he is the Messiah and 3000 came to faith on that one day. So there you go. Anyway, we'll see where it goes, but uh, I do think that we're very, very close to where we need to be. Um, Just a couple of titles here about what happened if you saw what has happened in the past two days with Israel, the uh, Fakistinians have been lobbing in uh, like 130 missiles into Israel over the past couple of days. Israel has responded, blown up a bunch of Fakistinian sites and killed a couple of them. But um, this has been going on. Well, what brought us to this point? I'll go back to about Monday of the week and give you a couple articles from the Times of Israel. Israel shuts Gaza crossing to pressure Hamas over fire kites, border violence. Okay. 
They are sending in these fire kites. They've torched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of Israeli land. They've harmed people in the process. And so they said, all right, we're going to shut off your border crossing. All right, the rest of the world gets angry at them for this. Like, they have a right to destroy Israeli infrastructure, but they don't have any right to sh cut them off and to stop sending them goods in order to allow them to continue to send these kites in. doesn't make any sense, but there you go. Um, Israel shuts Gaza crossing to pressure Hamas over fire kites and border violence. Then from Ynet, Hamas, Karem Shalom closure, which is the name of the crossing, is a crime against humanity. So all of their stuff that they've been throwing into Israel isn't a crime against humanity. Once again, Israel is the aggressor. No. Okay, then from Ynet. 33 fires break out in Gaza border region due to incendiary balloons. So here they're saying it's a crime against humanity that they shut these people off when in the past week they've had 33 fires started because of these people. Then from Times of Israel, has it affected anything in Israel? Here. Record 2.1 million tourists visit Israel in the first half of 2018. So despite all of their attempts to harm Israel, to make things bad for them, people are still flocking there. Very happy about that. Keep shutting down the Palestinians. Doesn't bother me at all. And then another good one from Israel Hayom. Slovakia declares it will move its embassy to Jerusalem. So another one goes. There you go. It's good stuff. And then from Ynet, Netanyahu. This is something you may or may not be aware of. I'm just giving you the title. Nationality bill is what the majority wants. The nationality bill is something I've talked about before. It's going to, it's in the Knesset. It's going to be reviewed. It takes like three times of a review through the Knesset to, you know, become a law. But they want to say that Israel is a Jewish state, okay, in order to protect the Jewishness of the state. And so Netanyahu is simply saying this is what the majority of the people want. The thing I don't understand, and I read an article this morning from a Jew, is he asked the exact question that I ask myself all the time. How can any Jew not believe that Israel should be a Jewish state, right? It doesn't make any sense. But there are Jews out there that hate the Zionist movement. They hate the fact that Israel's in the land. Or they're in Israel, and they're liberals, and they're just like liberals in America, where they hate this nation and everything it stands for, and so they come against their own nation. It doesn't make any sense. But this is the state of the world. Netanyahu says the majority wants it. The liberals can shut up. All right, from a uh, little irony. I've got uh, uh, some interspersed irony for you today, and I almost thought about calling the uh, prophecy update this week the ironic Muslim. But I didn't because somebody would get the title and they'd say, well, we want that video banned from YouTube. But this is the ironic Muslim here from uh, BTN. Jihadi work accident. Terrorist blows himself up while trying to throw explosive device at Israeli troops. There you go. So that's a little bit of irony. Whether you agree with him dying and, oh, that's a sad thing or whatever, it's ironic, okay? Irony is irony, even if it's a sad thing. So we'll go on to Christian news today. Um, last week, I mentioned date setters and date speculators in the Prophecy Update, and I got down on them, as I quite often do. And my friend Les over in China, he's a really great guy, he, uh, he wrote me something, and so I want to read it to you, um, kind of convicted me when I started reading his words. Les says, take it easy on the date setters. They really are a great help for those of us interested in the rapture. They give us the dates we know that the rapture won't occur. So I have to agree with them. Date setters keep it coming because, yeah, there you go. Uh, date setting is the most vile thing on the planet. My, oh, among Christians, 
I, I or people that claim they're Christians or whatever. I think it's just vile that we try to outdo what the Lord has said we should not be outdoing. Okay. Anyway, there you go. That's my two cents on that. But I love his logic. So here we go from Washington Times. <sighs> what a peanut head, Jimmy Carter. I believe that Jesus would approve of gay marriage, some abortions. Yeah, he just gave gave this, what, a couple days ago, right? Here's what he says. Former President Jimmy Carter declared Sunday that Jesus Christ would approve of same-sex marriages. This guy has got a lot. Yeah, he is. I'm telling you, he's got a, a lot to account for when he's, if he stands before the Lord. You know, I, I'm not going to question somebody's salvation, but I will question his doctrine right down to the last. He is a numbskull. Uh, he says um, uh, he would approve of same-sex marriages and abortions in the case of rape, incest, and danger to the mother, which is totally contrary to the truth, but whatever. In an interview with the Huffington Post Live, the 39th president, and it dawned on me, you know, the 39th book of the Bible, anybody know what the 39th book of the Bible is? It's the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, and Malachi ends on... A curse. There you go. Very good. So it's kind of fitting for this guy, right? Anyway, he's the 39th president. He said, a born-again Christian, or they say that of him, which I really question, but if he's saved, he's saved. You know, people can be saved and have really poor doctrine, but whatever. Um, he spoke about how his faith has shaped his life and career. I never had, yeah, which was a really crummy career, by the way. I never uh, have run across any really serious conflicts between my political obligations and my religious faith, he said. Asked about whether he approved of gay marriage, Carter responded, that's no problem with me. I think there's the problem right there. Anytime somebody says, I think, that is a problem. What you do is you say, the Lord says, or the Bible says, and then you've, you've taken care of all of these I thinks and all of these, well, it's my belief. It is irrelevant what you think. Totally irrelevant what you or you or you or you, any of you think. The only thing that matters when it comes to theology is what God has said in context. If you take a verse out of context, it is a pretext. Thank you. Meaning a lie. The only thing that matters is what the Lord says concerning theology. I think does not get it. But he says, I think everybody should have a right to get married regardless of their sex. Okay? The only thing, well, that's true. Anybody has a right to get married regardless of their sex. You can be a male or a female and you can get married. Right? Yeah, just stop the sentence right there. Exactly. The only thing I would draw a line on, I wouldn't be in favor of the government being able to force a local congregation to perform gay marriages if they didn't want to. Well, that's exactly what the left wing wants. But despite that, I mean, he says he's a Democrat and then he says he disagrees with these things. What a peanut head. Anyway, he, he is. He's full of peanuts. He says, I believe, once again, doesn't matter, that Jesus would approve of gay marriage, but that's just my own personal belief, which is totally contrary to Scripture. Completely contrary to Scripture. If you want, I'll give you all a hint. I'll give you all a hint. If you want sound theology, don't call up Jimmy Carter, okay? There you go. That's just what I think. Anyway, I think Jesus would encourage any love affair if it was honest and sincere and was not damaging to anyone else, and I don't see that gay marriage damages anyone else. It harms everybody it touches. Every single person it touches, it harms them. All right, from the Telegraph. Government drops doctor who says gender is given at birth. Okay, Dr. David Makareth has worked for 26 years as an NHS doctor 
but was told that he could not be employed at a Department for Work and Pensions, which is DWP, disability assessor, if he refused to identify patients as being of a sex that they established at birth. He now claims his right to freedom of speech has been denied, and he has been classed unfit to work for the department because of his religious convictions. That's hardly even a religious conviction. That's just saying you're born a male and you're born a female. That's all he's saying, and I think that that is what we should have as our standard. And then his religion comes in. But it is true, there's not a person on this planet that's not born as a male or a female. I know there's the term hermaphrodite where people have certain parts that they are still either one or the other, whatever. Let's see here. So he goes on. And the medic from Dudley in the West Midlands fears many other professional people of faith could also be dismissed for holding opinions about gender that are centuries old. Dr. McEnrith, a Reformed Baptist, started a training course in May to become a health and disability assessor for the DWP. His role would have meant interviewing and then writing independent reports about the health of those who are claiming disability benefits. However, when his instructor stated that reports must only refer to the patient or client by the sex that person identified themselves as, a discussion took place among the medics about the fluid nature of gender, Dr. McElrath claims. I said that I had a problem with this. I believe that gender is defined by biology and genetics, and that as a Christian, the Bible teaches us that God made humans male or female. I could have kept my mouth shut, but it was right at the time to raise it. The tutor took me aside and said he had passed my comments up the chain to the DWP. Dr. McElrath then received an email from the agency that employed him and would have hired him out to the DWP. They explained he could undergo training about the department's policy, but the DWP had consulted lawyers and was adamant that any report or contact with clients should refer to them in their chosen sex, otherwise it could be considered to be harassment, as defined by the 2010 Equity Act, which is the same kind of nonsense that liberals want in our nation right here. Right? We expect all assessors to handle assessments sensitively and adhere to the Equality Act 2010 APM declined to comment. So there you go. They won't even comment on this this ruling that they've done against this poor doctor. But uh, something to follow up finally uh, from last week. I told you that the leader of the Philippines called God a something, S-O something. Anyway, here's what he says this week. Fox, Philippines Duarte vows to resign if anybody can prove that God exists. Yes. So the 73-year-old leader said that if there's one single witness who can prove, perhaps with a picture or a selfie, that a human was able to talk and see God, he will immediately resign. Okay, big category mistake there because we can't see God. God is spirit, okay? No man has seen God. No man will see God. We see Jesus Christ who is God. He is God incarnate. He is the expression of God that we will see for all of eternity as he ceaselessly reveals the unseen Father to us. If we see God, guess what? We would be God because he is infinite. We could not take in seeing all that God is. He reveals himself through his creation. He reveals himself through his son. He reveals himself through his word. So he's got a category mistake right there. But if you want proof that God exists, Mr. Duarte... Go look in the mirror because you exist. And I got to tell you what, nothing cannot create something. And therefore, there must be a being, which is known as a necessary being, a being that cannot 
not exist. And he created all things out of his wisdom. So there you go. You want proof that God exists? Go look in the mirror and then go resign from the presidency. Go to theology school and learn something. Anyway, um, he, uh, here, here's, the, here's the real crux of the, the uh, issue, though. Listen to this last sentence. Duarte on Friday recalled that experience when he said he and other students were fondled by a foreign Jesuit priest who has since died. There you go. Once again, the Roman Catholic Church ruining people. He's ruined because of the Roman Catholicism. I've said this before. I've got a friend that's dying of AIDS that was told when he was young and being violated by priests that he would get a straight ticket to heaven. He wouldn't have to go through purgatory because of the things that he was asked to do. So there you go. The Roman Catholic Church and all of their holiness and sanctity and piety, they have corrupted this world in a, a huge way. All right? They're, they're behind people like this that have totally rejected God because of what they have done to people. Anyway, I think we ought to pray for that guy instead of, uh, uh, now that I know the substance behind his, his uh, hatred of God, it's because of what's happened to him because of a bunch of perverts in the Catholic Church. Anyway, Islam today. I entitled this, The Squeeze. This is from the Khalij Times, which is the same uh, newspaper that I cited earlier, um, which is what uh, is Saudi Arabian newspaper. French shipping from CMA, CGM ends Iran operations due to U.S. sanctions threat. The world's third largest shipping container group has decided to withdraw from Iran over the threat of U.S. sanctions, its chief executive said. Some other big shipping companies like AP, Moeller, Maersk have already said that they would halt business ahead of a reimposition of sanctions following the United States' decision to pull out of the 2015 Iran nuclear accord. Due to the Trump admin, we have decided to end our service for Iran. CMACGM Chief Ro, I can't pronounce this guy's name, so I won't. Um, he said that during an economic conference in the southern French city of uh, I can't pronounce that either, so I'll <laughs> skip that. He, uh, these French words are way too difficult for me. Yeah. Anyway, he added that the company's cooperation agreement with local Iranian partner IRISL had been suspended and that the company did not want to fall foul of the rules given in their large presence in the United States. You wonder why the Lord put America where it is and it rose when it did. We have been the initiator of getting the establishment of Israel. In other words, we have been their protector. We've been their defender. And you've got all of these things going on in the world. Now, America could collapse tomorrow and the end times will come in, whatever. But you can see how the Lord has orchestrated the world so that America would have enough influence where we could say, if you don't stop doing business with this country that is opposed to Iran, we are going to cut you off. And there goes like 60% of their whatever, you know. So you can just see how the, the, the relationship between the United States and Israel is because the Lord first established the United States in order to reestablish Israel. I'm not saying that we are the establisher of Israel or anything like that, but we are a part of what the Lord has done so that Israel would have its defender when they were reestablished. Anyway, let's go on from the Jerusalem Post. Iran dealt new setback with Austrian Airlines canceling flights. The Alpine country's Austrian Airlines announced that it will stop service to the Iranian cities Isfahan and Shiraz, delivering another business setback to the Islamic Republic of Iran's already fragile economic situation. 
Austrian Airlines said it has canceled its service to the Iranian cities starting in September. I do believe they will continue to go into the capital of Iran, which is, um, uh, help me out here, Tehran. Tehran, thank you. But I don't want to say that dogmatically, but I do believe that they will be allowed to go into there. But no of the other cities, they're canceling it. And then from the Times of Israel, Dutch carrier KLM to halt flights to Iran due to U.S. sanctions. You can see that Trump's decision is having effects all over the place. I want this. If you don't side with us, then we're going to harm you. And all these nations see we better get in line. Okay, this is giving Israel more time to develop its technology, to be the place that the Bible says these nations will come against, and eventually they will come against them. But the time is not yet. So here we go. Um, Dutch airline KLM has said that it will halt flights to Tehran as a result of the negative results and financial outlook. KLM said its last flight will leave Amsterdam on September 22nd and return on September 23rd. KLM ceased flights to Tehran in 2013, resuming them in 2016 after the bad nuclear deal was signed. It doesn't say bad, I just added that in. All right, from the Times of Israel, top Iranian general, forces in Syria awaiting orders to destroy Israel. Well, they've got a surprise coming, don't they? In a recent speech, the deputy commander of the IRGC boasted that the Islamic army in Syria in the Golan Heights was awaiting orders to eradicate the evil regime of Israel. He also said the Tehran-backed Hezbollah terror group had 100,000 missiles aimed at Israel. We are creating might in Lebanon because we want to fight our enemy from there with all of our strength, he stated. Hezbollah today is tremendous might on the ground that can, on its own, break the Zionist regime. The Zionist regime has no strategic defense depth. They're going to find out how wrong they are and when, when it does drop, right? Anyway, today an international Islamic army has been formed in Syria. And the voices of the Muslims are heard near the Golan, he said. Orders are awaited so that the eradication of the evil regime, Israel, will land and the life of this regime will be ended for good. The life of the Zionist regime was never in danger as it is now. And they're going to find out how wrong they are. But there you go. And, you know, them saying these things gives us all the more reason why Trump did the right thing when he said we're going to end this nuclear deal and we're going to get back to isolating this detrimental, harmful country. He did exactly the right thing. Anyway, from the voice of Europe, Paris is a mess. Oh, boy. Up to 400,000 illegal immigrants live in just one suburb. A new parliamentary report says that the French Republic is failing in the, once again, I can't pronounce it, suburb, which is northeast of Paris. Between 150 and 400,000 illegal immigrants, they use the word illegal immigrants, wow, uh, live in the Paris, we can't say that here, but they can say it in the voice of Europe, live in the Paris suburb under bad conditions. The poverty rate is 28%, while unemployment stands at 12.7%. French newspaper Le Figaro, Figaro says that the uh, report describes the situation as the incredible deterioration and of social, economic, and security conditions in the area. They've taken this beautiful French city and they've destroyed it, right? Just destroyed it. The very high numbers of poor and unemployed illegals also cause problematic behavior, such as trafficking and forms of delinquency. And we want this in this nation? Is that what we want? We want 
we want immigrants, we want legal immigrants, we want people that follow the proper processes, but we don't want people just streaming in and setting up camp in our, our cities. The illegals now make up one-fifth of the population of that city that I can't pronounce and are severely straining public services and creating social tensions, according to the parliamentary report. After the clearance of the jungle camp in Calais, several migrants moved to Paris and near 550 migrants a day are still arriving in the city. Many of them come from Italy as there are no structural border checks between the two countries. Now, if you think about that, there are about, we're about 400,000 people in Sarasota. That is the number of people living in that one suburb of Paris, the number of people in Sarasota. Now imagine having one-fifth of added to our population right now, overnight, what's that, 80,000 people thrown in here that are not willing to work, that are not willing to tidy up after themselves, not to be productive members of the society, they won't learn English, and we would have to pay for them. Is that what we want? Absolutely not. Okay, another irony on the ironic Muslim. From the Charlotte Observer, a North Carolina inmate signed up for Ramadan fast. Now he's suing because he got hungry. Yes. There you go, the ironic Muslim from Mongolia today. From the Inquirer, Mongolia and Lebanon among Nat Geo's picks for best summer travel 2018. See, Ray, Ray's not here today. He went to Alaska. He went in the wrong direction. He should have gone to uh, Mongolia. Nat Geo's picks for the best summer travel destinations offer ideas that extend beyond London and Paris. For intrepid, nature-loving travelers and adventure seekers, the publication offers up travel ideas that span the continents from the Americas, Africa, and Europe to Asia and Oceania. Here's a look at some of their picks, and then I'm just going to read you Mongolia. Mongolia. For travelers looking to get away from the maddening summer crowds, consider the plains of Mongolia, described as one of the least population-dense and most hospitable countries in the world. Along with 1,000-foot-high dunes, clear rivers, cool summer nights, ancient dinosaur fossil beds, horseback rides through poppies and golden mountains, editors praise another major attraction and asset for the region, its people. No one can sing from the depths of their being and their bellies like the Mongols. And what they're talking about is the throat singers. I don't know if you've ever heard Mongolian throat singing. It is outstanding. Type it in on YouTube and listen to these guys. They can sing with their throats. That is, It'll make a sound that you, you can't even believe a human can do. So that's what they're talking about. Really great stuff. On to Daniel 12 technology. From Zero Hedge. Spacecraft with revolutionary heat shield will touch the sun. NASA has unveiled a cutting-edge heat shield that will make it possible for a space probe to touch the sun, or at least get a spacecraft to within four million miles of it. So that's, that's pretty close. Anyway, um, let's see here. Which scientists are hailing as nothing short of a revolutionary development in space technology? The launch of Parker Solar Probe, the mission that will get closer to the sun than any human-made object has ever gone, is quickly approaching. And on June 27th, 2018, Parker Solar Probe's heat shield was installed on the spacecraft. The heat shield, measuring 8 feet in diameter, will reach nearly 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit while keeping the probe's instruments at about 85 degrees. Now, that's pretty impressive, allowing the probe to collect unprecedented data on the giant disk oh, I'm sorry, ball of fire and Earth's most vital source of energy. 
previously impossible to access without a protective shield. The TPS shield will enable the probe to reach more than seven times closer than any spacecraft has come before to within the sun's outer atmosphere known as the, does anybody know the name of the outer atmosphere of the sun? Corona, you get the prize today. That was exceptional. And further, NASA has defined the mission as to trace how energy and heat move through the solar corona and to explore what accelerates the solar wind as well as solar energetic particles. The heat shield is made up of two panels of superheated carbon-carbon composite sandwiching a light 4.5-inch thick carbon foam core. The sun-facing side of the heat shield is also sprayed with a specially formulated white coating to reflect as much of the sun's energy away from the spacecraft as possible. The Parker Solar Probe itself is about the size of a car, but it's lightweight along with its protective shield. The heat shield itself weighs only about 160 pounds. The foam core is 97% air. Because Parker Solar Probe travels so fast, it travels 430,000 miles per hour at its closest approach to the sun, fast enough to travel from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C. in one second. The shield and spacecraft have to be light to achieve the needed orbit. Now, that is just way cool. If you don't like space stuff, then I know that bored you, but I love stuff about space, especially how the flat Earth can send, we can send stuff up from the flat Earth and go to the disk of the sun, and I just love it. Anyway, I'm kidding, of course. Digital trend. When we run out of room for data, scientists want to store it in DNA. It's the first apocalyptic warning. We are running out of data storage. That's just the title. And the reason why I gave that to you is so that you can go and look that up and read it. I'll read it again. Digital trends. When we run out of room for data, scientists want to store it in DNA. It's the first apocalyptic warning. We are running out of data storage. And I've always wondered this. How can 8 billion people on this planet, or 7, or however many people there are, they're taking selfies, they're taking movies. You know, we've got all kinds of stuff that's being generated day after day, and it all goes into storage. How can we keep storing it? You know, there's eventually got to be a way of storing it more efficiently because they've got, you know, buildings, buildings of storage and it's not enough. Every day we keep making more and more. Can't they just make another cloud? Well, yeah. Well, the cloud, yeah, they can move over from cloud. Actually, though, just you said that. She said they've made a cloud. Can't they make another cloud? The cloud actually isn't a cloud. It's actually storage somewhere. They just call it a cloud. But just so you know. Everything that is in storage has to be moved from time to time because if not, it will degrade in storage. And so everything gets moved all the time. All of this stuff is being moved here and there, even within storage facilities that are like top secret and stuff, so it doesn't degrade. Well, eventually, they're going to have to find a way of storing this more efficiently, and they're talking about using DNA. Read the article. It is very interesting, but too long to read. Okay, Revelation Plagues. Science alert. Giant horror plant that causes third-degree burns has spread to yet another U.S. state. Have you heard about this? Really scary stuff. If Hollywood wanted to make a movie about a horrifying plant invasion, giant hogweeds would make the great candidate for the lead role. They are absolutely massive, incredibly toxic, and readily spread wherever their seeds take root. Listed as a noxious weed in at least eight states, last week the giant hogweed was spotted in Virginia for the first time. Native to the Caucasus region, the statuesque plant looks like a huge mutant version of the benign common 
hogweed, but it can cause severe skin burns uh, if you so much as brush against the bristles on its stalks. Those bristles, along with the rest of the plant, emit a nasty sap that chemically irritates the skin, causing phototoxicity, severe damage to the skin through exposure to sunlight and UV rays. As a result, one can get huge oozing blisters, and they are gross. Go look at the pictures. That can leave behind scars and photosensitivity for many years. But unless you're familiar with its nasty secret, you might think the giant hogweed looks cool. These large plants can grow to more than 14 feet tall, spreading their huge leaves and producing massive umbrella-shaped clusters of white flowers. Wow, if that takes off in the, uh, uh, you know, the end times when they're not out with rounding up weeds, I'm telling you what, you'd be itching your way through the uh, tribulation period. No doubt about it. Morality today from Haaretz. Being transgender is a mental disorder. Israeli insurance company says. And in, now think of that guy that lost his job up in England. Well, now in Israel, they're having the same dispute and an insurance company doesn't want to pay. So they're on the opposite side of the the uh, nut, nut jobs up at the uh, whatever you call it in England. Okay, um, an insurance company has refused to finance a mastectomy for a transgender man, which means it's a woman, right? Claiming that being transgender is a mental illness. A transgender man in his 20s from the central region underwent mastectomy a year ago, or I'm sorry, a year and a half ago. But when he asked the Ayalong Insurance Company for a refund, he was told his policy does not cover mental disorders or psychiatric treatments. Yeah, my classification as transgender has nothing to do with mental disorder. Well, I bet you most people would disagree with that. This is unfair and wrong generalization. The transgender man, which is actually a woman, has submitted an appeal against the insurance company via the Human Rights Clinic at Tel Aviv U, claiming that its attitude reflects discrimination and prejudice and that being transgender is not a mental disease. Ayalon claims that since the man was diagnosed as suffering the mental disorder, gender dysphoria, which is documented in the person's records, the surgery he had, or actually she had, stems from a mental disorder and is meant to solve a serious mental problem. Since the policy only covers medical problems, there's no reason to refund the requested cost, the company says. There you go. We'll see where that goes in Israel. Who is going to win this battle? Telegraph. Only two-thirds of Generation Z, which is the youngest, most, you know, whatever generation, identify as exclusively heterosexual. Okay, now, why would I bring this article up? What does that tell you? I'm going to read you this article and think of why I would ask you to think about this. Homosexuality is no longer taboo than it once was. But figures suggest that young people are even more open to experimentation than previously thought. Only two-thirds of Generation Z identify as solely heterosexual. In stark contrast to the previous generations, 66% of young people aged between 16 and 22 are exclusively heterosexual, the lowest figure of any generation. Among millennials, go up another step, 71% say they are exclusively heterosexual, as do 85% of those in Generation X. And 88% of baby boomers, right? So you got these differences. Researchers said that the statistics showed that the youngest generation were being affected by more open and fluid attitudes. Before I go on, does anybody know what I'm thinking here? 
This is a culturally driven agenda. It has nothing to do with reality. It has nothing to do with you are a boy and you are a girl and you're going to live with it. And they do and they get married and they move on. Instead, it's okay. You can be Johnny there, Jane. And Jane, you can be Johnny and you can do whatever you want. It is culturally developed and it is going to destroy this generation of people. Each generation is going to get worse and worse, and you wonder how Genesis 6 is going to be replayed in our times. It's because of the, exactly this. Wickedness has run rampant on the earth because people are not willing to discipline children and say, this is perversion. It's wrong. Anyway, we'll go on. Uh, one of the authors of the report said there was a hugely greater exposure to communications on the variety of lifestyles available to young people through social technology. The report suggested that an increasingly liberal context in which gay relationships are seen as acceptable has led young people to have a less binary view of sexuality in which there is no need to identify as exclusively gay or straight. There you go. It's a cultural thing. It has nothing to do with reality at all. It is allowing people to exercise their perversions in any way they want instead of disciplining them. That's exactly what it is. Our other category, Zero Hedge. It's a matter of life and death. White South African farmers seek refuge in, anybody know where? Russia. Yes, and Russia needs them. Here we go. Symbiotic relationship going on here. As the violent attacks and death threats against white farmers in South Africa ramps up, Many of those affected are seeking refuge. A delegation of 30 South African farming families has arrived in Russia's Stavropol region as the South African government continues to steal their land. Up to 15,000 Boers, descendants of Dutch settlers in South Africa, are planning to move to Russia amid rising violence stemming from government plans to expropriate their land. White farmers, despite being a minority in South Africa, own 72% of the country's farms. The new South African government recently announced a plan to redistribute land back to the black population in the highly racist move. Critics have warned South Africa may repeat the disastrous experiment by the Zimbabwean government in 1999 through 2000. The measure plunged the country into an intense famine. The, yeah. The farmers have been facing racial genocide in South Africa, and many say moving to Russia has become a life or death matter. The farmers who faced execution and violence in South Africa are ready to make a contribution to Russia's booming agricultural sector. Each family is ready to bring up to $100,000. In Russia, that is a ton of money. Okay, that is a ton of money. They would be going there with wealth. Russia wants that wealth. They will be well established there. And here we go. To help them lease the land required to add to Russia's farming industry. Russia has around, listen to this, 43 million hectares of unused farmland. They need farmers. They need to get the food out there. It'll help their economy. Here we go. The land giveaway program, which began in 2014, has been a huge success. Increases in food production in Russia will boost the economy as South Africa will face famines as their food production drops in the absence of reliable and experienced farmers. What a sad situation. South Africa has been feeding the African continent for years. I, all we can do is pray that it doesn't happen because there are a lot of people that are going to go into you know, uh, famine. It's, it, it'll be terrible. We'll just pray it doesn't happen, but it looks like it's on its way. Bad decisions, bad decisions. That's right. They want them to stay and to teach the 
farmers and then kick them out. And these guys know what's coming and they want to get out now while they can keep their bank accounts, while they can get established somewhere else. So that's where we're at. From the Daily Caller, Mexican president proposes... This can't be right. The new Mexican president? It can't be. He proposes a border force to stop illegal immigration into Mexico. No. The border force's goal will be to curb the flow of illegal immigrants and drugs flowing into Mexico from Central America. Now we're going to create a border police force that will be highly specialized. Uh, I can't pronounce his name said. I think it's Durazo. Anyway, now he'll be faced with the unbelievable task of securing the nation's own untamed southern border while avoiding the hardline tactics he has criticized Trump for. In other words, we want exactly the same thing, and they've been tearing us apart over it, and they want to go down there and do exactly what we want to do. But we're in the wrong, they're in the right. And what do they do? These people that have come from the South, they've said, just keep going, keep going. Instead of the people saying, we're out of the Honduras or Nicaragua or wherever they're getting killed, we want to get out of that environment, and Mexico is fine to stop in. No, we got to go to the land of promise. So they just funnel them on through. Well, it's all just a big... It's just a big government conspiracy by these people that want to destroy governments around the world, or I should say a New World Order conspiracy, people like George Soros and that, that want to just destroy individual nations. Which, by the way, if you turn to uh, Genesis chapter 10, the nations were established by the Lord. All nations are at his, you know, prerogative. And so it is. this is an attempt to destroy what the Lord has orchestrated for fallen man. This is the best system. This is the way it should be. We are trying to destroy that because we hate the God of the Bible. That's what's actually happening here. Anyway, mail online. Russia completes. This is very cool. How long does it take for you to drive to Tampa? Let me ask. Ocala. How long does it take to drive to Ocala? Two hours. Okay, how about um, uh, the East Coast? Um, We'll say Fort Lauderdale. How long does it take to get? Three hours. Okay, so we'll say Fort Lauderdale. Okay, Russia completes the fastest ever same-day delivery mission to space after arriving at the ISS in a record three hours and 48 minutes. So you get a little bit of traffic on the way to Fort Lauderdale, they will get something to the ISS faster than you can get over there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? Somebody calls and says, we really need pizza tonight. Okay, coming up, right? Russian cargo ship carrying three tons of supplies with lots of pizza lifted off at 1051... British Standard Time Monday, the craft docked at the ISS at 2.39 British Standard Time Tuesday. So it was Monday night, Tuesday morning. Progress MS-09 cut travel time down to under four hours using a new trajectory. In the past, it took Progress ships about six hours or two days to reach the ISS. Depending on what the trajectory, it'd be six hours or two days. Now they can do it in three hours and 48 minutes. Very cool. Mail online. Number of refugees accepted into the United States falls below the rest of the world combined for the first time since 1980, okay? We have always taken in more refugees than the rest of the world combined, all right? I heard that on Russia a couple years ago, and I thought, that can't be true. And it is. It's been true all along. Since 1980, we have taken in more refugees than all of the rest of the world combined. Now, the people that illegally come in, that's not counting that. This is refugees that you say, we want you in our nation, okay? The number of refugees accepted in the United States has shrank 60%. Good job, President Trump. Since 2016, the U.S. has accepted less than rest of the world for the first time since 1980. The shift comes as the number of refugees swells worldwide to nearly 20 million. Okay, mail online. 
world's most cloned dog, Miracle Millie, has been copied 49 times by scientists in a bid to find the reason behind her record-breaking tiny size. This is a really wee little chihuahua. Well, it is a dinky little thing. The dog named Miracle Millie weighed less than one ounce at birth. She had become a global sensation with more than 300,000 followers online. Millie now stands less than 3.8 inches tall and weighs the same as a large apple. Is that not something? Is that not something amazing? What a cute little baby it is, too. I want that dog. Uh, we have one in the projects. That The guys that go with me to the projects know this. There's one down there. It is a little chihuahua about this big. And when, every time they bring it out and they let me hold it, and, of course, I always walk away with it. And they're like, no, no, no. I do it every time. It's just become our standard. We can't let Charlie have this dog. Okay, Zero Hedge. Chirac. It has been... 1,221 days since Chicago had a shooting homicide-free day. 1,221 days since, and that was at the beginning of this week. All right, Breitbart, this is from last weekend. It was kind of like two weekends were Fourth of July weekends. It was last weekend, not the one before, but here we go. Breitbart, nearly 30 shot, four fatally over the weekend in gun-controlled Chicago. There you go. All right, and I got a Lesserick here for you. There are troubles down Mexican way, keeping malevolent people at bay. To stop bad folks and drugs and a long list of thugs, they must now side with Trumpster. Oy vey! Good job there. It was either Lesser or his wife. They sent me two and I picked one, so... All right, got an irony for you. It follows along with the other two ironies, the uh, ironic Muslim, Mail Online, American man who posed as a Saudi prince to try and buy a steak in a Miami hotel was busted when the developer noticed him eating pork. So, yeah, there you go. So such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.